Welcome to the Mountain Park Church Podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in and through you. What a beautiful story. It's so interesting. Um, you know, so often when we, when we read scripture, um, we read it like a textbook or we read it like a history book and we almost take the, the person out of it and we just read words. And as I hear these children read it, I'm reminded of the power of the word of God. And our prayer with the, with the kids even was that hearts would be impacted by just the simple reading of scripture. We can, we, can, we can never emphasize enough the power of the word of God. It is, it is alive, it is breathing, it is what we need for our own air, our spiritual air. It is what we need. And so when we take time and read it, it's so that we can ex- inhale life. And so I wanted to just focus on that passage, that last passage, if you want to turn with me into John 19. Verse 28 through 30. Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it up to his lips. When Jesus tasted it, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and released his spirit. There's debate in the... uh, scholarly world of if this is actually Jesus's last words. They are the last words that John records. Um, But some believe that I think in Mark, there's words where he says, Father, into your hands I release my spirit. And there's debate out there for Bible nerds, um, which one is actually the last words. Uh, For us, um, I don't know that it's that Different. All that we know is John, when he wrote his gospel and was led by the Holy Spirit, this was the last thing he wanted us to know that Jesus said. That he wanted to emphasize that the last words that Jesus said was, it is finished. But it makes me ask the question, what exactly is finished? And we have to actually look at the meaning of the original word. For us, it's three words, right? It is finished. Um, but in the Greek, it's actually one word. And the base of that word is teleo. Um, And he actually uses it three times. John uses it three times in this passage. He says this. He says, Jesus knew that his mission was now teleo, finished. To fulfill teleo, scripture, he said, I am thirsty. And then again, when Jesus tasted it, he said, it is finished, teleo. It's interesting, like this, this, is, this is him saying, 
There's a distinct moment that has been finished. Here's the actual translation of that word. We don't get, in English, we don't get the, the best translation. So here is the actual translation that um, someone who has spent a whole whack of time more than me on it has, has, has actually uh, says that this is what it means. It means that it is complete, accomplished, it has come to an end, to bring to a completion, to bring to a conclusion, to complete, to accomplish, to fulfill, to finish. He said that, you know, you can't break it to one of those words. You actually need them all in the English language to fully express what Jesus was trying to communicate. So today, I want to focus on four things. Four meanings of that word, teleo, that Jesus was actually emphasizing so that we could know what he was saying when he said, it is finished, or it is accomplished, or it is completed. So the first is completed. It's interesting that um, scholars actually believe this, that when they use the word teleo in regards to a servant and master relationship, it was used in this kind of, of manner. When the master would say, here's a task I need you to, I send you out to do, when you come back, make sure that you have completed it and you will tell me this word, teleo, which means I have completed this task to the completion, fullness. There is nothing left out. It's interesting. This is what I think Jesus is meaning when he says it is finished. He's saying it's completed. See, the mission that the Father sent me on is now completed. I know you're like, wait, master, servant? No, no, no. Remember, in, in Philippians, it says he humbled himself to come to earth. In John 5, it says this, that he would only, Jesus said, I only do what the Father tells me to do. It was clear he was sent on a mission. So what was his mission? Turn with me to John 3, 16. You're like, I don't need to turn to that. <laughs> I do. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17, God sent his son into the world, not to judge it, but to save the world. See, his task was to come into this world and to save it. This is the picture that Jesus wants us to see. John is writing this gospel saying, listen, I need you to understand when he's on the cross, his last words are like a victorious athlete crossing the finish line or winning a match and finally going, it is finished. It's complete. I have seen the worst of man. I have seen the worst of darkness and I have been faithful to what God called me to do. It is completed. That's good news to us. But he doesn't just mean that. He means perfected. Perfected. It's interesting. This word actually is the equivalent to the Hebrew word. Now, during Jesus' day, Greek was the known language. Most people spoke it. Most people wrote in it. And so this word is the equivalent to what the Hebrews would have used on the Day of Atonement when the high priest went into the Holy of Holies, which he was only allowed to do one day of the year, 
to atone for the sins of all of Israel. He would walk into the Holy of Holies and he would have to shed the blood of a lamb, spotless lamb, and atone for their sacrifice, atone for all their sins. And this is what he did. And this is, this is the word they would use. Obviously, it would be the Hebrew word, but the equivalent, and we know that because there's actually, the, there's actually a, a Bible out there that was written in Greek because there were so many Jewish people in the times even before Jesus that would speak Greek. So they would, actually, they would actually translate the Hebrew text into Greek because there were so many Jewish people who spoke Greek. And so we know that it's actually the equivalent word for what he would say when he would say, this is the perfect sacrifice. See, in this, Jesus is saying this, I am the perfect sacrifice. I am the sacrifice that you need. See, what happened was there was only every year he had to, the high priest had to go in and give a sacrifice. Every year he had to go back and give another sacrifice year after year, generation after generation. It was just appeasing him. It wasn't answering the problem of mankind until Jesus. See, Hebrews says this. Hebrews 9, 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, this is Jesus, he entered once into the holy place, that's the presence of God, the throne room of God, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Jesus is the perfect lamb. Here's the beautiful thing. When, when we hear the word teleo, when he says, it is finished, he says, I am the perfect sacrifice. But here's the beautiful thing. Back then, we needed a perfect sacrifice and we needed a perfect or atoned for Here's what happened. The high priest would actually have to make a sacrifice himself for his own sins. Then he was standing in the place of righteousness, forgiveness, and then he could atone for the sins of the people. But he was never really perfect. What it says here, what Jesus meant when he said, I am the perfect sacrifice, he's not only saying, am I the perfect sacrifice? He says, I am the high priest. I'm your high priest. Hebrews talks about it countlessly where we have a high priest in Jesus. He's our high priest. This is the beauty of what Jesus says when he stands on the cross and he says, it is finished. It is perfected. The next one is really interesting. It's more of a, uh, the way they used it, it was more of a commerce word or a business word. Um, and what's really cool, this is super Bible nerding out right now, but they, they actually found um, letters from first century um, Rome. And, and what they found is that they, were, they found all these invoices and as they studied them, they found this word, teleo, stamped on it. They, they, were, they had to study it, figure out what it meant. And what it meant was that this payment was in full. There was no more debt. Oh, that's pretty cool. Come on, that's pretty cool. And so when Jesus, when he was on the cross and he had bared the weight of sin and he had breathed his last, the last words that John wanted us to know that he said was this, your debt is paid. 
Oh man, if you read Leviticus, it is a bloody mess. And I actually mean that not in a bad way, but actually legitimately read the first chapter of Leviticus. And here's what the Hebrew people knew. Sin caused serious pain, suffering, and blood, and there was death because of choices of sin. If you read it, they're having to gut animals, sorry vegans, and spray their, their innards all over. They're covered in blood. And what is the point of it? It's to say, look what your sin is doing. It's destroying you. But here's what I'll, I'll give you grace. I'll let you put it on this animal, not on yourself. And Jesus steps in and says, listen, I will take that weight on myself and I will give it and then I give you the forgiveness. Oh, Jesus looks at you and all the shame and all the regret you have and everything you try to hide from the closest people to you and he sees them and he says, let me tell you on your invoice it says, teleo, paid in full. I've done the work. This is good news. This is our Jesus, our Jesus who is our king. He is not just our king, but he came to earth to carry our weight, to die on the cross so that we could actually have relationship with him. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, he's so good. And we treat him like he's our household God. We treat him, we carry him around. Bless this, Jesus. Oh, bless that, Jesus. Oh, just come with me. And, and you are subject to my schedule. Oh, no, he's not. He's Jesus. He's King of kings and Lord of lords. He loved us so much that he came to this earth to carry the weight of living a perfect life and dying the worst death so that we could look at our invoice and it say, pay in full. And we could stand before Almighty God in the righteousness of Jesus and him say, come to me, son or daughter. This is our Jesus. This is what he has done. This is what we remember on Good Friday. The final one, and the band, you guys can come up now. The final one is this. It's more of an ancient way to use this word, but they said that they would use it as almost a, 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 a division in history. They would use it as teleo, the old is over and the new is beginning. Oh, come on. Jesus is standing on the cross and says, hey, the old covenant, it is finished in me. I'm taking it. It's over. The new covenant, it's released. And when I, when I come out of that grave, you will have a new life, a new beginning. And I have finished the chapter of works. I have finished the chapter of never being good enough. Anybody feel that? That chapter's over. We don't have to do, we don't do Jesus plus works, Jesus plus our Bible reading, Jesus plus home groups, Jesus plus, Jesus plus, no, it's Jesus. We are saved by Jesus. He said it is finished and we are free. We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media. 
facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. Just email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.